Welcome to the Franchise Founders Podcast. We are on a mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs just like you take action through franchise ownership, allowing you to obtain more financial freedom, time with family, and ultimately a business that can run on its own without you. Welcome to the Franchise Founders Podcast. Very excited about this episode. If you've been listening or watching some of our social media posts, uh, I've spoken about our desire to really kind of switch gears with our podcast. We'll still be interviewing franchise founders of brands as it's the title of our podcast, but we really want to make a push, uh, my co-host Christian and I, to interview franchisees and really get to the nuts and bolts of what the day in the life of a franchisee looks like. What's great, what's not great, just the reality of business ownership. Something that I would never trade in the world is to not be a business owner, but it'd be lying to you to tell you that it doesn't have its challenges too. Even the more you grow your business, there's still challenges. Um, so I'm really excited about this guest. Casey Katala is joining us today. She is a single unit massage owner. She owns a massage brand. She's a strategic partner in a massage brand. And she's joining us today live in our, our studio. How are you, Casey? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Dan. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for for joining. Um, just to start out, could you just give me a quick rundown of your your career? How did you get into franchising? How did you get into this business? Like, what's the story? Yeah. So, um, you know, kind of like what you said. You know, it, it is fun to be your own boss. I had big dreams of you know, being my own boss, having my own business. I come from a family of business owners, um, not franchise business owners. They kind of started from scratch. Um, My background is in sales and medical sales specifically. And like a lot of people out there, I was working corporate. I loved it. I had a team. Everything was great. And, um, you know, I kind of always had this thought in the back of my head about, having a business and, you know, I kind of think that I'm entrepreneurial at spirit. Um, And it was in 2013, I wandered into a local business here in Atlanta and loved it. And over the years, I just kept asking questions and questions about how's this business run and who owns it and how many members do you have? And, you know, probably they're thinking, who's this guest of ours just asking these <laughs> random questions? So, um, and I still do that. I go into different businesses and I'm like, tell me about this business. How'd you get started? And um, Was it mid-massage? I'm sorry? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Was Were the questions like mid-massage or was it like at the well, counter? <laughs> it depended on the therapist, but no, I'm, I'm pretty quiet during my <laughs> massages, but you know, the front desk and things like that. Um So years go by, and in about 2015, I started saying, you know, I really kind of want to do this. And so in 2016, I thought, what the heck, I'm going to go down, you know, I'm going to fly, go to the discovery day, and I'll know when I get back um, if it's a good fit. And I got back, and, you know, at this point in my career, I had been through two layoffs, and I had luckily gotten saved, right? Um, and so right now during this time, you know, you pull up LinkedIn, social media, there's a lot of people getting laid off yeah. and, and I know what that's like. And so, you know, I looked at my husband then and I said, I'm going to do this. He said, do it. I said, and I said, okay. So I just, you know, wrote the check, dropped it in the mail. And I said, we're committed. We're doing it. I'm doing it. 
Um, so I opened my location in 2017. Um, and the thing I want to say is that when I opened, I kept my corporate job for two more years. And that's something I think we don't talk a lot about. People that want to get into franchising is having a second income. You know, whether it's a spouse or whether it's your, you keep your corporate gig. Um, but I opened in 2017 and it was gangbusters. I mean, our, our location took off. The response was overwhelming. Um, and I learned a pretty hard lesson during our opening, but in just being prepared. So we opened in 2017 and, you know, we're, we're five years old. I still consider us babies, uh, kind of in their franchise system. Yeah, toddler, I guess. Or a toddler, little older than yeah. pre-K. So you you opened this business in 2017 while still keeping your corporate job and it just goes through the roof. Your sales are going right away. Yeah. So the first month we had we hoped for 300. And my thinking was, okay, we're all in. And I remember taking PTO time. I mean, this is the reality of starting your first location, right? I took PTO days from my corporate job to launch and do our grand opening for a week. Mm. And we were hoping for 300 prospects the first month and we got 900. It was insane. Um, in hindsight, you know, our front desk wasn't ready. We closed at like 11% and had we closed at 25%, just it would have been so much better. But, you know, really happy. It's, you know, the phone is ringing, the door is swinging, everything's good, have a great manager. Fast forward to 2019, and I had a baby in January of 2019. So I was on maternity leave until about April. And in April, I came back to work. I had a new baby. I still had my corporate gig, and I had the business. And I made it until about August. Wow. And I looked at my husband, and I said, something's got to go. Either the baby, the corporate gig, or the business. And, you know, we can't, we can't get rid of the baby. Uh, and, you know, I was doing this juggling act of going to the store and getting my cash deposits and running them to the bank and then going to see my clients for my corporate gig yeah. and then running back. And it was just, you know, it was too much. Um, so in August of 2019 is when I left my corporate gig and did, you know, did my massage business full-time. So you were able to basically say to the corporate job, like, I need to, I need to leave. And you already had your business up and running and income coming from it to be able to fall onto. Yes. Income coming from it, but not what I was making in corporate, you know, and you think you have, you know, you have medical benefits and, um, my husband is also a business owner, right? So, it wasn't as cush, but it needed to happen. Um, and then I took over the hiring. You know, when you're in the service-based business, we're hiring massage therapists. Yeah. And in August of 2019, I took over hiring of the therapist. Um, and it's, you know, it really pushed us forward. So walk me through like that. What was that like when you fully jumped into not having a salary? Like, I'll, I'll tell you something crazy Casey that people are like blown away by. I have had, you know, in high school I had a job, you know, college, I had a business. So really just the high school job. I've never had a paycheck, 
like a steady, I had a sales job once. It was mostly commission. So I've lived mm-hmm. my entire life without a steady, no, that's not true. When I recently, in May, I sold my business. And for three months I ran the company, part of my uh, terms and I had a salary and it was pretty nice. I have to say it was my first time having a salary. And, uh, but I went right back to starting another business. So I've never been in that really situation of having a paycheck coming in. Like, so for you, like you just had a baby, you're running the business, you quit the corporate job, boom, no more, no more steady paycheck. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Were you like super nervous? Did you feel confident? Um, I was excited and I was hyper-focused. I was like, I've got one thing to focus yeah. on. But there's this weird thing about being your first-time business owner and there's, you know, paying yourself when yeah. you are in control of the payroll, right? You're, you're doing the ADP. We use ADP. Um, and you put in the number, you're going to pay yourself based on sales and revenues and you're doing projections and things like this. And there was this weird shame around paying myself because I've always come Mm -hmm. from this thinking of like head down, focus, go, go, go. The money will come, you know? And I kind of was like you, my first position out of school, I was total commission, Mm. total commission. And I loved it. And that company actually moved me from Kentucky to Atlanta. And I Mm. loved the idea of like, you could make as little or as much as you wanted. And so I've had that in me. Um, but when the first couple of years of the business, it was like, you can pay yourself a lot later, but focus on growing, growing, growing. And then you get to a point where you're like, no, I've, I've got to pay myself, you know, like, and yeah. I've got to pay myself what I'm worth. And there's this, you know, I had some people around me early on that weren't really clear about helping me figure out how and what and what's appropriate to pay. Um, so yeah, it was a little bit scary, but it also was super exciting too. Sure. So what happened next? So seven months later, we hit the pandemic, right? So when I, when I left corporate, it was August of 2019. We're rocking and rolling. Um, you know, one thing I do love about our business is I love recruiting. And if you're going to open a service-based business where you have service providers, you have to love recruiting. Yeah. Like you have to love talking to people, bringing them in, building them up, investing in their development. Um, and I love that kind of stuff. So we're rocking and rolling. We're going along. And in March, seven months later, is when the pandemic hit. And we said, we're going to shut down for two weeks. It's going to shut down for two weeks. And we were shut down until May. And then when we reopened, it was like, oh my gosh, we're doing massage. How do you social distance from massage? You know? And we kind of thought, you know, we kind of thought of things in two groups. It was like, we've got our customers and then we have our team members. And we had to make both of those people both of those groups comfortable getting massage with all of the precautions in place and things like that. Wow. So through the pandemic, what was the major takeaway for you? Like, did you, was there anything that happened through that time that like, like I know for me, like in my, at that time, the business I was running, we, we came out of 
COVID like? Well, first of all, COVID was like, I went to war. Like I remember thinking like that was a year or whatever, you know, it was more than a year, of course, but like that year, that first year was like, felt like I came back from war, like a lot of people in, in life. And, but I remember thinking when we were out of COVID, like, man, like all of these things that we applied to this business now we're like so much stronger, leaner. I'm a better leader. Everything's great. Um, what was your biggest like takeaway or aha moment during that time? You know, I had a lot of aha moments, you know, like a lot of business owners did. And I feel like we all got kind of beat up, yeah. right? Like you say, going to war. I feel like we were getting, you know, we came out of that pretty beat up. But luckily for our business model, you know, you when we shut down, I thought, oh my gosh, here it goes. Just revenue is going to take a dive. Yeah, People are going to quit. I mean, I just, and we had team members on opposite ends of the spectrum. We had some that were like, oh my gosh, we're all going down. And the other ones are like, this is not a big deal. Let's, mm -hmm. let's keep going. And the first customer we had come back into our store was my biggest aha moment. So when we opened up the doors, our very first appointment, you know, we're all masked up and got our social distancing signs out and corporate had done a great job with giving us a lot of assets and printable materials and get ready, you know, sanitize, all that stuff. And we were just looking, you know, ready to go. First customer that comes in our door to get a massage is an employee from the CDC, which is about two miles down the road from us. Wow. In, here in Atlanta. And I just remember taking a breath and looking at this team and looking at our massage therapist and thought, how ironic that our first customer, our first guest is, is a CDC employee. And, you know, if anybody needs a massage and time to relax, it's them, right? They've been working their butts off. Um, and I thought, you know, we're going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And then we had guests, you know, our guests that are our members calling in and going, hey, can we get the Venmo? Can we get the PayPal? Can we get the cash app of this massage therapist? Because I'd like to send them some cash. I know they're out of work right now. I know you guys are shut down. And that was just such a comforting feeling. I mean, we didn't have a ton of them, but the people that did, it was like, okay, we're going to be all right. We're good. Um, so yeah, that was probably my biggest aha moment. Excellent. So post COVID, like just as we fought, I like, I enjoy learning this someone's story, like chronologically. So, so you get out of COVID it's, you know, now, like recently, like talk to me about that. Like you're, you're, you said five years into business. Wh mm -hmm. What's next? Like, are you, are you scaling to more locations? Are you going to go to other brands? And, but actually, as we talk about that too, while we were recording or before we were recording, Casey, you mentioned that, you know, some of the things you're talking about, like with the new workforce, like the younger workforce mm -hmm. and how, you know, well, you tell the story, like some of the things you're doing to get your team into the, uh, into the doors. Yeah. So, um, you know, one thing I really want to talk about as a, as a business owner is I feel like there's a lot of, you know, I love hearing about the big guys. Like I love hearing about people that have 10, 15 locations and they're into multiple different brands and those guys are awesome, but no one's really telling the story of like, okay, here is the, details. Like, let's skip the fluff. Let's get into the details of what it is to own a business. 
even with a great manager, even yeah. with a great director, um, you know, and one of the things is like our our labor force, right? So we we hear all this stuff about going up on wages. So we do go up on wages, right? For front desk workers, of course, commission-based. And, you know, there's a lot of people and not just the youth, but there's a lot of people in Atlanta that don't, they don't have cars because they don't want the expense of it, right? They don't want the right. insurance, all that. And we have MARTA here is a great, you know, public transportation. A lot of people take MARTA to work and skip the Atlanta traffic. What, but, what's MARTA? Sorry to come um, MARTA is our, is our public transportation system. Um, so, you know, a real life example is like we have a, a person who's open in the store that day and she can't get to work because she takes an Uber to and from work mm. or she takes the MARTA and the MARTA's not running or she missed it. And that person is calling the manager going, hey, I can't get to work today. And so we end up calling an Uber for this person to get there, to open the store. And so it's, you know, little things like that, that yes, when you work a corporate corporate job, there's a lot of people right now that are driving around wanting to be their own boss, thinking about getting into a business. And I say do it because you already have stressors on you as, you know, working as a corporate employee, right? But there's different kinds of stressors when you have a business. And that's one of those little things. It's like, hey, I can't get to work. We need her to get to work. Let's call her an Uber. We pay for it. She gets there. So it's just, it's little things like that. And, you know, you, you think how, and you learn from it. You're like, how do we avoid that in the future? Um, so, yeah, it, it's a little bit different. If you're enjoying this episode, please click the subscribe button. And make sure to connect with the Franchise Founders Podcast on LinkedIn. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Like, I think that becoming a business owner or the term entrepreneur is like, it's, so, it's like sexy now, right? Like it wasn't before, but now it is. Like it's cool to be a business owner, but people kind of forget about how much stress there is. But it's interesting, like, one of the things I've learned is if you're at a top level, like if you're an executive, you're in a high paid position, then the expectation for how much you work is like a lot anyway. Like uh, yeah. in my company, my current company, my new company, as we're launching, I've brought on some great executives and you know, you know, what's normal. They respond all the time. Six days a week, I get messages from my team because they love what we're doing. But what I realized is when someone's an executive in our company, if they're going to work that hard, then they need to have a stake in the in the results. So like our account models are all based around basically being an uh, what I call an entrepreneur, right? A, an entrepreneur is someone who goes out and starts something. I think the definition is utilizing limited resources and obtaining maximum uh, benefit out of those limited resources. That's like what an entrepreneur is. And to right. me, an entrepreneur is in, inside of an organization. They could still be an entrepreneur just inside of an in a company. And they're taking limited resources and getting the maximum output. And so like, I always think about how if you're going to be in an executive role, I hope you have something in the upside or some type of control of your own destiny. If not, and you're working that hard anyway, you might as well start your own business because at least then yes. you have control. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, that is kind of, you know, when I first started, it, you know, if you're in a, if you're working in the corporate world, you're worrying anyways, and you care about your job, right? You're, I've always been in sales. So I'm always like, 
How am I going to get more clients? Are they going to stay? What can I do? How can I service them? You're doing that anyways. So if you're going to be doing that, you should have more control. And even with our team, you know, the way that we do our compensation plans, my number one thing is like, how can I put these team members in control of their income? Yes. That is always, and me, myself, I want to be in control of what I, what I make. And so for people looking to get into franchising, it's like you're, you're worrying anyways. You're, you've got a high stress job anyways. Why wouldn't you take this, you know, this leap and be in a little bit more control of your future? I agree, especially when, you know, uh, there's a stat, Casey, I don't know if you've ever heard it, but 90% of first time, uh, excuse me, franchisees, 90% of franchisees are first time uh, business owners. So, you know, what I think is great about what you did is you took the power of business ownership and utilizing your capital and deploying it into an opportunity and your skills and your ability to recruit, as you mentioned, and your desire to control your own income, but also married it with a system that already has proven processes to follow. Right. And, you know, remember my, my dad was a business owner, started an airline tooling business in 1980 from scratch. There was no handbook. There was no operations manual. My other sister started her own business. There was no handbook, no operations model, (laughs) no support, no no choice of vendors to choose from to do digital advertising that had been vetted, you know. And I kind of watched those, both of the both of them struggle, right, to find their footing. And so making the leap into franchising, one, it was something I'm passionate about. You know, I really love, I was a member first. I was a customer right. of the massage brand that I that I own a franchise of for five years. Right. So I was already, you know, a big believer in it. And I felt like it was less risky and something I could do. And, you know, I I, I heard um, there was an article the other day that was talking about having a franchise and how it's just an investment. You should invest in it and keep your corporate gig. And so yeah. I guess some brands you could do that. But I do think if you're in the service-based industry, you know, for me being in corporate and having this kind of as an investment side thing versus when I actually quit and got into my business, it was like night and day. Revenue, growth. Mm. You know, I feel like you have to be in it if it's a if it's a service-based industry. Until it get, you know, right now, you know, I don't I don't work weekends. But I'll go in tomorrow. I don't have to. You know, I'll go in tomorrow, it's Saturday. I'll go in about 1230 or one, just check on things. You know, I don't have to, but in the beginning I did. And so, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's the pros and cons and entrepreneurship and being your own boss. People think, oh my gosh, they're so, you know, wealthy and, and they have so much money. And it's like, well, no, we just used our resources and we're trying to make money, but more so we're trying to control our time. Like we're trying to get back our time. You know, I have a four-year-old son and I want to spend time with him. Um, and this allows me to do that. That's excellent. Um, yeah, I, I think like having control over your time is is one of the most like gratifying 
things you can have. And, you know, it's, I think there's a big difference between having to work on a Saturday and choosing to, you're choosing to, and it's obviously helping you lead to your success. But, you know, you want to do that because you care about that business. It's a, it's a part of you and it's an extension of you and your family. And I think that's, that's great. Um, so what would you say, like, to take the business to the next level, what do you need to do? Is it hire more people, take a pay cut to reinvest? Is it get a loan to grow the business? Like what's, how do you continue to, to grow the company or what's your, what's your plan to do that? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. And I don't have the answer yet. <laughs> I'm kind of one of those people, you know, I'm, I think when I first started my business, I checked my ego at the door just because you're always learning. And there's days when I go, okay, yeah, we're going to expand. Yeah. Maybe we open another location. And then there's days where it's like, maybe we look at other brands, you know, I, I do love our business, but one of the challenges is it's specialized labor, right? I'm always, always hiring, always. Even on Monday, like this coming Monday, I have five interviews lined up for a massage therapist just to get some good ones, you know? Yeah. And the more massage therapists I have, the good ones, you know, the more the business grows and the more clients we can see. And, you know, one of the most frustrating things right now is someone calls in and goes, hey, can I get a massage today? And I have to say, no, we're fully committed. And we have a big staff, right? Um. So I think to grow, it's really just recruiting. It's always recruiting. Um, and then looking at other concepts. You know, I would love to have a concept that's not open seven days a week. Um, maybe has less labor. Um, still in the wellness field. And, you know, I, I'm always looking at different opportunities. We're always talking about different things. Mm -hmm. uh, my husband and I just in and out of our space. So... We'll know it when we see it, you know, like most entrepreneurs, we're like, you always have your eyes open. Would you, so that's interesting with, with what you're doing. Um, I know for me, like if I was looking at another business to expand and, and I was in this, well, I'll give me an example. Let me back up for a second. I have been in franchising since 2014 and it's a skill set that I've honed in on, right? And it's, I've spent a lot of time mm -hmm. and I love it. Um, my previous company was in the lead generation um, space related to franchising. So actually finding people like yourself who want to invest in a franchise and connecting those people with, um, with franchise opportunities. We were a very large organization. When I exited, um, I had to find a business that would not do that, of course, right? You have to go into a different, yeah. uh, different space, but I, I still wanted to, to be in leveraging what I'm, I know how to do what I'm good at. And, and, and hence the decision to become a franchisor, as I mentioned to you before we started recording, but, and, and also because like I was, I, I was put on earth to help people become business owners. I, 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 I believe it. Like it's, it's what I love to do. Um, and so what I've learned is I love to help people become business owners and help them continue, right? As a franchisor, I get to do that. But I need to leverage what I know how to do already. 
if I was in your mm-hmm. shoes, you know how to provide what you're in the business of to me is a customer experience, right? You're providing people with a clean, safe, happy, enjoyable experience. You've got the right people and the right managers and the right sales process and all the things to give them that experience. So I'd want to go into a business that complements that, especially one that could be in the same vicinity. Um, have you thought about like um, like waxing, like the waxing um Industry, only because I think about when people own massage, I feel like that's often a lot of times the next business yeah. they add on. There are a lot of, it is kind of, you know, franchising, what I've learned is it's a, it's a big, small world, right? Like there's a lot of overlap and connections and you know a lot of the same people that I know and those people may have a massage location, but then they have waxing brands, they have lash brands, they have chiropractic brands. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, right now we're, this is still our baby yeah. and I'm still kind of what I say in the, in the thick of it, you know, I mean, I'm in the thick of it. I'm calling an Uber to get a front desk girl to work. Yeah. Uh, but that's okay. Cause I understand her and her situation and she's great and it's good. Um, but it is a reality of owning a business. It's like you can't just walk away from your business, right? Like you've got to, we do so many things in a day that I tell my friends, I'm like, I've learned how to change air filters early on because I didn't know they were on the roof. <laughs> you know, It's just, it's things like that. And, um, you know, I've learned a lot about people and how to yeah. interview and mistakes I've made with bad hires and things I've done right with good hires and um and I'm grateful for all of it. I I I you know, I have I feel like I could help a lot of people. Just I should write a book one day of like, okay, here's what I learned. <laughs> yeah. Well, owning a business is the ultimate personal development journey. Like that that's what I've learned. Like to get to the next level wherever that is you want to get to, you got to become a better person. Better in the sense yeah. like a better leader, but you know, like as I start my company to do what I want to do, I, I can't do certain things. Like I have to just cut out certain activities if they drain my energy or if they're, you know, there's right now, I just, I can't do it. I'm on a very specific path and it's like eye on the prize and that's what I got to do. Got to get up earlier, got to eat healthier, got to do just certain things. It's yeah. just to perform at the level that I want to perform at. And I learned that. And throughout my years as a business owner, I've had to improve myself before I could improve my business. And you're your biggest asset, right? Like you are the asset of of yourself. And so you're the CEO of yourself. Um, so right. That's, I, and you know, one of the things you said that really stood out to me is this, this recruiting, you put that first always. I think that you probably have an amazing team because you've spent the energy finding them. Yeah. I mean, and I love to do it. You know, I on Monday will be my best day next week because I I love to meet people and you know behind every person that you interview they've got dreams and aspirations and bills and things like that and I just you know people will say to me you know how do you recruit Casey what Casey has a great culture at her store her culture is great she's great at recruiting and they're like how do you do it you know my franchisor is like come talk to us speak on this panel, talk about how you recruit. And I'm like, it really is checking your ego at the door and being 
just so, I know we overuse the word authentic. Yeah. We overuse it. But just being real with that person sitting in front of you because they are, they may be looking at you going, man, I wonder how she started her own business. And I tell them, this is what I did. I took my 401k. This is how I did it. Got a loan, still paying it off. You know, I, I tell the real story and I just think that they're, we should skip the fluff. If people want to get into franchising, let's talk about it in detail. Yeah. How much money did you make in the first year? How much money did you make the second year? How'd you do it? What do I need to avoid? What's the pitfalls? You know, how do you just details, you know? And, and that's, I feel like that's what helps me with recruiting is just being very honest about what we have to offer, what it's really going to be like, and then see if it's a fit. Totally. You know, it's amazing. I think people don't realize that, that a leader, nobody wants to work for a leader who's like perfect, like just never shows any, you know, any, any of their uh, vulnerability at, at all. Like, you know, people want to work for someone who says, Hey, look, I, you know, I've actually never done this. I've never been, you know, in this situation before. And I'm a little bit uncertain myself and let's work through this together. Now, obviously they want a leader that also is certain most times, but right. here and there you can be uncertain and, and that'll show them that you're a real person, you're a human being and they'll want to work with you. They'll want to go into the trenches with you because you're real and you're authentic. We'll use a different word than authentic. Uh, (laughs) We need to come up with a synonym for authentic. Yeah, genuine. Uh, I I mean, genuine to me is a is a word that's not as often used, and and to me denotes like you're really you're real. Yeah, yeah, and you know we're always learning. Like if you're going to be a business owner and you're going to make the jump to franchising, I say do it, do it. Make sure you have a second income if you can, if you don't have a rich grandma or a rich family or someone to fall back, you know, something like that. But, um, yeah. And then just go into it with, you know, it's hard for, it was hard for me in the beginning because I was an expert in my space, in my corporate gig. I was, you know, you're kind of an expert level after that many years. And when you open your first business, you are like a freshman. You don't, you think you know, but you, you're just learning every day, even now, five years later. And you, you know, after all the years that you have in franchising, you're still learning and probably always questioning yourself. I think as a leader, you're always questioning, did I do that right? Should I have done it different? And then you say, okay, this is what I did. It worked. You make a note of it and then you just repeat it. Yeah. Except it's like, it's, it's, it's interesting because when it comes to people, like, I always say, like, people are not computers. They're people, right? So they're not all the same. Like, I was just mm-hmm. I was just going through something like that uh, this today and this week. Like, I had someone on my team. I think what you're probably doing a pattern of is, like, it, you listen to understand. I could tell that about you just in the time we've spoken, right? So, like, you probably listen to your team. You understand exactly what is going on and what you need to do to help them and you know, you genuinely care about them. Like a a lot of people, I don't think would call an Uber like that, unfortunately, you know, and, and that would be short-sighted, but you are making it happen that that teammate can get to your job, their job and, and, and do their job for your business, but also for themselves. It's, you're making it accessible to them, which I think is great. Um, Yeah. I mean, and the thing that I didn't think of when I first started was, you know, if you own a if you own a 
candle shop. You put the candles on the shelf. They're there. You sell them. You know, that is, it's a tangible item. And you're in the service industry. You are dealing with people. And especially massage therapists, they are one of a kind. Like they are very um, passionate about what they do. And never have I met a therapist that said, I don't want to get into this to help people, right? And so you've got to take really good care of them because they're in a room with their hands working. So anything that's in the back that you could make easier for them, whether they have a question about payroll or they have a question about benefits or they have a question about training or, you know, whatever it is, you have to take care of that stuff outside the room for them because they're, they're, they're busy. Right. Um, And there's this energetic thing with, with therapists, you have to kind of protect their energy. So whenever I hit the door of our location, it's like, we have to create an, you can't really force a culture, but you create an environment where people are okay at work. You know, their, their, their energy is good. The vibe is good. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a, that's a different kind of thing in the massage business, but I love it. I actually, I actually really love it. So. Well, Casey, thank you for joining this episode today. Uh, To our listeners, if you're enjoying the Franchise Founders podcast, please do hit the like, subscribe button, leave us a review. We could always use more reviews. We're trying to get to the top of the franchise search podcast, uh, you know, world. And if you're a franchisee and you're listening to this, this is the the direction that we're heading at the Franchise Founders Podcast. So if you're interested and you want to tell your story, reach out and uh, we'd love to have you on. Thank you again, Casey, for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much. This is fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Franchise Founders Podcast. If you want our help with anything from buying a franchise to franchising your business to anything in between, shoot us an email at franchisefounders at gmail.com.